an inside look at the restaurant industry and entrepreneurial insight to help you succeed. It's the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? And welcome back. Episode 24 of the Paper Trails Podcast. I'm super excited to have you guys on, whether you guys are listening to this uh, via Spotify or uh, Apple Podcast, or you are checking out us handsome gentlemen via our YouTube channel or other uh, social media platforms. I am super pumped. My name is Nick Calgary, Mitros, host of the podcast. And so I am very, very pumped and excited to have some friends of mine, some, I love to say clients of mine, some customers. <laughs> Um, we've got Matt and John Williams brothers, and they are a part of Rico Acai, which if you have not checked out uh, their spot, they have multiple locations. We will talk about uh, their start and how they got um, got that got you know got it launched and expanded. And so uh, super pumped to have them on to talk about business, life, um, entrepreneurship, growth, um, all of the above. And so, gentlemen, thanks for uh, for hanging with me. And uh, chatting, absolutely, absolutely. So um, why don't we do this? Just a maybe real quick introduction. Let's kind of get to know you guys. Um, you know, let's do um, maybe background and uh, where you guys are from. And you guys from Charlotte? Yes, maybe no. I know no, but... Um, Puerto Rico. Okay, Puerto Rico. So both both you guys born and raised? Yep. Yes, sir. Born and raised in Puerto Rico. So my name is John Williams and born and raised in Puerto Rico and moved out here to Charlotte, North Carolina about 10 years ago. Okay, all right. Yeah. Matt? Matt Williams, uh, born and raised in Puerto Rico, and about 10 years ago, came up here for Johnson & Wales. Okay, nice. Now, you guys, you came here for school, Matt, specifically? Yes, specifically for school. Cool, and you wanted to be a chef? How, how did how did, uh, <coughs> how did Johnson & Wales in Charlotte actually pan out? Well, interesting story. Uh, I graduated high school and um, immediately went into a pre-veterinary program. I did that for about a year and realized that um, as a student, I wasn't going to cut it. And the next most viable option as far as a, a career was um, service industry. I'd, I'd worked restaurants I don't know, probably since 13 years old. Okay. Um, all the way from dishwashing to, to line cooking. And uh-huh. <clears throat> made sense to go get an education in it. My brother had already been up here. He took the front of house at Johnson & Wales. Okay. So I decided I'd come up and take the back of house. John, you older? I'm younger. Younger. Years. Okay. Yep. But you came up here first? So he did while he was doing the veterinary school. I had another year in high school, and, and from there I came to Johnson & Wales. So it was about a year. I came up here, and then he moved up about a year later. Now, how did how did that happen? Like, you you wanted to study culinary? Or did you like Charlotte? So so I uh, in high school I didn't know what I wanted to do, Okay, most people don't. Okay. You know? yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, Basically, Johnson Wales came to my school, and they're like, "We don't really require SAT scores." I was like, "Hey, sold." <laughs> not really, not really. Though, but, you know, I was like, "I've always had an interest in food and and entrepreneurship and being involved in restaurants and, and okay. getting different different things out there to the public that nobody really is doing." You know, and and that's yeah, that's why I got the idea to go to Johnson and Wales and do food and beverage management. Uh huh. Yeah, the rest is history. Isn't I've it, been here. Isn't it so interesting how like such a thin thread of like like you ended up doing what what you're doing. I, I don't know. Like uh, f- for me, my family, my whole life 
was like, Nick, you've got to be an attorney, man. You, you're a good talker. Like you're just, you're a people person. You would be, you need to be, you know, we have restaurants. We do a little uh, real estate, stuff like that. You need to be our attorney. You need to become a lawyer. I got told I, that a lot. Really? <laughs> and, and, and I was like, okay. And then I interned when I was in high school and I'm like, I hate this. I, I could not, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I literally can't. I'm like, thank goodness. I took that internship, which is why I really tell people, I mean, I've got a younger brother. He's a senior in college right now. Um, and his whole college career, even in high school, I said, go try some different stuff, go intern with our CPA, go intern with our banker, go just taste a little bit of everything and just kind of see what you like. You know what I mean? And so isn't that so interesting that Johnson and Wales um, came down and so true story SAT or no? Uh, it was 50-50. Okay, cool. <laughs> SAT scores don't matter. No, listen, I mean, I, I I did okay on the SAT, but nothing like by, I mean, I felt like, um, I mean, because, like, you know, there's like people that are just smart and then people that just like test well. So like I studied and kind of did it well, but like, man, the SAT, man, I, and I tried studying for it, but like. I mean, it's just, it's, it's difficult. It, it's, it's not easy. So um. we weren't the best students, not even in the slightest, <laughs> like definitely we tried, we studied, we did all that. We did everything we could. Uh -huh. Mom helped us out with the tutoring. Yeah, she sent yeah. us the professionals uh -huh. and, and did everything with that, you know, and, and it, and we graduated. Yeah. We, she we got go. us through graduation. How much, how much uh, age difference? Two years. Gotcha. So me, me and my brother, my, uh, the second one is three years. And so I get it. I get it. So what, what were you guys like in high school? I'm just actually curious now. Uh, I don't know. Sports. If we can, uh, okay. Play the fifth. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I love Very it. Active. I love it. Pass. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So you guys are both up here. So you're, you know, you want to, you want to get into the restaurant. So you guys both kind of worked a little bit in restaurants. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, he, you started, what was your first, you did Starbucks was the first well, I started scoop. We, we started scooping ice cream. That's um, right. the family had a few Ben and Jerry's shops local to it. So, okay. um, I think about my, my first shift was about 13 years old, scooping okay. ice cream. We did that, um, every summer that, and we rode route with our drivers to the supermarkets. So we were able to learn, um, inventory and, um, merchandising all that good stuff uh-huh and this is dad's business yes sir yep. which which you know we had a great conversation um just off camera about you know i mean it it we're very similar where you know both of us come from entrepreneurial families you know my dad came over from greece 40 years ago 37 years ago and worked at a restaurant bought that restaurant brought us two brothers over here and then just lived at the restaurant. I mean, it just was, you know, it's a classic immigrant, like just, yep. you know, come here with no money. My dad's the oldest of six, you know, my dad and his two brothers literally paid for all three of his sister's weddings because they just had no money. Like That's we, awesome. we were, I mean, yeah, I mean, we just came from very poor families back home. And so, um, I love that. I love the, the, um, the, the hustle and the, you know, so, so yeah, so first shot, 13 years old, right? I mean, that's, you know, first, I mean, if not sooner, I mean, on the record, we're at 13, right? <laughs> my, 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 my old man ha had me pushing a lawnmower as soon as I was able, you know, to make, you know, 10, 10 20 bucks for my, my would-be allowance. There we go. It's like, it's like, what, you're nine? Okay, son, start a business. <laughs> that's it. H hustling from day one. I love that. Uh, no, I get it. I remember myself, too. I remember, like, just making drinks for waitresses at 10, 12, um, and then I remember getting, getting in the, t in the takeout room, the, the to go room and answering calls at like 15 
And then, uh, you know, I mean, it just was, you know, then transitioned to kind of breading the fish. You know, we have Calabash-style seafood restaurants. And so... Um, From the ground up, only way to go. That's it, man. That's it. And you know what? It's it's um, It's been amazing. I, I'm really glad. I mean, especially me and my oldest brother, because... You know, we saw the come up. I mean, we were born into like a two-bedroom, one-bath ranch-style house just up the road in Statesville, North Carolina, where I was born. Carport, no garage, just like very minimal back in the mid-'80s. And then, why, then, and then remember, we, remember, we sold the house because my dad needed the money to open up another restaurant, and we moved in an apartment for three years. And then we built the five, 6,000-square-foot house that I kind of grew up in from 7 to 18 when I moved out. And I'm like, you know what? I like that. I like that I saw that kind of sacrifice, that kind of, you know, take a couple steps back to to leap forward, so to speak, you know. Yeah, so going through the grunt work, um, man. If you it's such an important part of the process is to know the the basics and the small things in the business because if you don't learn that, you just have it handed to you at an older age. You you didn't learn all the smaller things that you mm. needed to learn, you know, to be able to get to the point to be able to run your own proper restaurant, you know. If it's just handed to you, it's doesn't work. Do me a favor. Tell me what you guys learned seeing your dad grind and build build the business. I mean, you know, what what are some things that you remember looking back at, you know, I don't know, 5, 8, 10, 12. I mean, is there anything, like, that stands out to you guys? Was never it- stops. It never stops. He never stopped. They never stopped. My mother and my father, they never stopped. They were always working, mm-hmm. always working to ensure that we had the best of everything, and we could see it. Education was key for them. They had to make sure that we could go to the good schools to be able to come out on top. So, uh, same dude. It's same with us, man. I mean, my my dad. I mean, they they both finished high school. My dad came here, tried to go to a semester of college, didn't have the money to, you know, because he was sending money back home. And you know, he just. I went to a private school, kindergarten, eighth grade, and then public high school, and then I went to a small division two college. Because he wanted to make sure that, you know, the kids got educated, right? Like, it's so um, so interesting. Our backgrounds are way more similar <laughs> now that we dive into it. So, um, okay, let's fast forward. So, we're at, uh, we're at Johnson & Wales. Did you guys, um, what, what year is this, by the way? Like, when, when did you guys so go to school? I moved up here 2008. Um, that was my first year. Okay. Uh, Johnson Wales. Did you know anything about Charlotte or you just knew Johnson and Wales was here? I didn't know anything about Charlotte. I lived my whole life in Puerto Rico and was like, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina seems like a cool place. You know, I'd gone, I'd gone to, been to, I think, Ohio, Florida, maybe New York, never North Carolina. I was like, why not? Let's give it a shot. See what it's about. Were you like nervous at all about that or not really? I'm, I just go with it, man. Go with the flow. It's, it's try it, do it. If it doesn't work out, you know, figure it out. I love that. I love that. Matt, how would, were, was it a little a little easier having bro up here, like, already? Like, how was Making that? Making the decision, for sure. Um, I, I I had actually had a lot of experience and time here in North Carolina in general, not Charlotte okay. as much. Um, I had been sent up here a few summers for summer camps up in Asheville. Okay. And um, towards, I don't know, my, my, my teens, I had an uncle that lived here in um, Chapel Hill, or not here, but yep. in Chapel Durham, Hill. Yep, yeah, up the road. So came up here and visited him once or twice. Nice. Went to Carowinds and you know drove drove through Charlotte, and um, so you know a little bit more of kind of what to expect more than more so than John. John yeah. was kind of cold turkey, like a little bit more. Let's go. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, and, and here, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, but um, you know, he he'd gotten up here first as far as in Charlotte to school and um had great feedback. Nice. Know? Um, so I would talk to my brother, you know, when I was living back home, trying to figure out my next move after pre vet. Uh-huh. And um, 
like I said, you know, J John had taken the, the the front of the house, and it only made sense for me to take the back. And who knows, someday in the future, we come together and open up a spot. Nice. So I think that was a lot was of that, the logic. Was that like a thought? Like y'all yes. like had a, you know what? Hey, let's let's see what happens from this. Like let's actually do something. Nightlife in Puerto Rico is life. essential. Yeah, it's life. Um, you're going out probably. 13, 14, 15 years old, you're, you're going out to clubs and, and bars and hotels and button up shirts and loafers and nightlife entertainment, high quality food and drink and, and hospitality is enormous in Puerto Rico. I mean, tourists, the, the, the tourist industry is like the lifeblood of Puerto Rico. So we were always involved in that. So uh -huh. that goes back to making the decision of why we wanted to get in the service industry to begin with. We both loved it so much. Man, yeah. you, you guys are preaching right now because... That's Greece. Greece. <laughs> that, like I've we always have, said it. Literally, yo, yo, it's yo, like tourism right. is it's literal all the Greek islands, you know, uh Mykonos, Santorini, Eos, yeah, Zakynthos, all of like the pictures. I mean, it's um you're a hundred percent even you know what? Even the lifestyle sounds the same. You know, things are a little bit more laid back. You're gonna go out, you know, for a coffee by the water, kind of hanging out with your friends. You post up, you stay there for a couple hours, maybe a couple of drinks. You're going out to some kind of, you know, whether it's like a kind of laid back kind of maybe club or like an actual dance. I mean, it's you're going out though. We're like going it, out. Yeah, it's it is. You know, so that's why a lot of a lot of my family that comes and visits, they're like, oh, okay, oh, okay. y'all, like y'all, oh, y'all work a lot up here. No, <laughs> like it's like. Yeah, it's a little different. It's not. It's not like what you're, uh, what you're thinking. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a culture shock when they come and visit. I mean, obviously we take them around and they see stuff. You know, see different stuff. Yeah. You know, like I remember taking my little cousin to um, maybe about a year ago, and uh, we watched a Charlotte Hornets game, and like she was blown. She was just like, like it just, you know what I mean? Like seeing yeah, it through her eyes, you know, seeing it like through crazy. her eyes. Like yeah, yeah, it just was awesome. So. Um, Tell, tell me this. What's Puerto Rico like? Just, you know, for people that maybe have never been there, how, how big of an island is it? It's a 100 by 50 stretch, and prior to Hurricane Maria, I think it was home to about three and a half, almost four million people. How, um, how big is that? How, like, you know, if you had to compare it, like, North Carolina, smaller? It's a little, I, th I think we're oh, a little yeah. bit bigger than, than Rhode Island. Okay, yeah, as so far, as smaller. As far as yeah. actual geography goes. Okay. Um, it's kind of like... Very similar to Miami. If you've ever been to Miami, um, yeah, the vibes are very similar. Gotcha. You know, it's a it's practically a state for all intents and purposes. You have all the the creature comforts. You know, the the currency is the same. You don't need a passport to travel. Oh, that's right. That's okay, big. Yeah, I didn't. That's I really didn't, big for I didn't think about that. Industry yep. is the not needing a passport to get down to Puerto Rico. Everywhere else, you pretty much need a passport to get to. It. And Puerto Rico's that three hour flight away. You don't need your passport, and it feels like you're in a Different part of the world, you know? I forgot about that. You're 100% right. Straight shot from Charlotte, one way. Three hours, huh? Yep. Nothing. Okay, nice. Okay, so um, so we're up here. School's going uh, School's going pretty good. You're learning. Um, you guys finish, and then what happens? You like the area? You want to stay? Did you guys think about moving back? I mean, what? Because your, your family's still back? Puerto Rico? Yep, yep. still family's there. Still there. So just, just just you guys are here? What? So, so process kind of what, what's happening when you guys are kind of finishing up school or nearing the end? Are you guys having... Some serious convos. If it wasn't for the, the I was gonna move back to Puerto Rico to my to work with my dad. If okay. it, if we weren't gonna get the restaurant started, because at the time it was just we were all over the place. You know, just getting out of college. You think, yeah, hey, I'm gonna get out of college. I'm gonna have it open in a couple months. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it doesn't work. Like <laughs> it just doesn't work. Like yeah. That. 
So um, just a little bit more work than that. So we're like, you know, let's give it a break and 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 let's let's see what we want to find out, figure out what we want to do for careers. And okay. you know, I mean, obviously we have you know our, our degrees in, in food jobs. And and we had jobs. Yeah. <laughs> where, oh, actually, where did you guys work while you did you guys work while you were in school? Of course. Where it, in restaurants and in, in the industry? So I worked for Levy Restaurants at the Time Warner Cable Arena. We both did. Yep. He did. He did the back of the house, and I was doing the the serving and the running to all the the VIP booths. Nice. Yeah. You know something that I um that I really even this morning I was talking to my little cousin. He was helping us out at the uh, at the warehouse, and um I I was telling him go and work and learn a couple things, man. I think that's one thing I wish I did. I didn't when I graduated college. We started the paper co- the business with my cousin. He, he graduated high school. I graduated college. We're four years apart. Uh, we're first cousins, and we just started with no, and it just it hindered a lot of growth because we didn't know anything. And so, um, is that something you guys recommend people like if they want to start a restaurant, make sure you've worked at some different styles, you know, learn some different management skills. Learn I mean, under, learn somebody else's under somebody else's dollar. Let them teach you, figure it out, make the mistakes. When you feel like you got uh, at least a fifty percent grasp on it, go ahead and you know give it a try to to try to get your own thing open. I like that. I like that. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? It experience out does education any day of the week for me, especially in the industry. Amen. Um, 100%. Again, like I said, I, I worked as a dishwasher, utility, scrubbing floors and grout all, all the way up to an executive chef at, at one point. And um, I learned it all. I did it all. Um, the industry is a rough life in general. I'm sure anyone that works it knows. Um, got got old. Um so you start to to want and look for the next best thing. And usually in the industry, you won't find happiness unless you do your own thing. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. interesting. 60 hours under somebody else. And it's like if you just get stuck and you start doing it, you're just, you got to break it at some point and get out and start your own thing. Especially if you're not, like, even independent in the role, right? Like, if, if you have maybe, like, an owner that gives you a little flexibility, you kind of do – you kind of run things, okay, but mm-hmm. – if it's, you know, maybe traditional style, like, you know, I mean, Greek owner where, you know, it's like a thumb on you at all yeah, 24-7. Some, some folks are happy working for other people sure. their entire lives. Uh-huh. I, I never had a problem working for other people, but sure. I, I always wanted something more. Call it ambition. Sure, 100%. I agree. I like that. I like that. But, yeah, I think, I think it's very good advice for anybody out there, no matter what. I mean, you want to start a landscape company. Hey, man, go work for somebody. You want to do some real estate? Go work for a property management company. That's See how I started Rico's. I When I was down in Puerto Rico and made the decision that I was going to start an assignable company in the States, the first thing I did was contact my buddy who had already, who was the leader in the game in Puerto Rico, hopped on his truck, and I learned everything I could in six months before I moved up here to begin executing the business. Okay, so let's 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 talk about that. How does it, so that's how we get started? How, that's how, how I got started. How does, so you're in, you're in Miami? You're no, no, I'm back. I'm back home in Puerto Rico. So okay. I, I graduated Johnson and Wales. Okay, we both graduated in 2012. Okay, um, even despite me arriving a year later, we ended up graduating the same year in 2012. Okay, so from from graduation, I took a, a sous chefing job down in Puerto Rico. Okay, did that for about six months, and I was miserable, and I was surfing, basically working and surfing, and one day a buddy of mine, you know, told me about the acai bowl things. Like one day there was. Didn't know what an acai was, and then there was an acai shop on every corner, so he convinced me one day to go try one. What? What? Do you, this is in 12 when you finished school, or is this maybe 13? Like what what no, year is this? At this point, I think we're in um, 
end of 13, coming into 14. Okay, and, and it's just getting hot in Puerto Rico? Like, what's... Just blew up in Puerto Rico. Things don't... Things aren't subtle in Puerto Rico. Um, when a trend hits, it, it goes hard, like, really hard. It blows up, like I said, like, every corner had an acybal shop. They were all selling the same exact thing. In most cases, the same exact product names, and they all still had a line 10, 15 people deep Crushing at all times it. of the day. And that went on. That went on for a while. Okay, so now explain to me. You noticed the shift in the trend, and then you talked to your friend or your friend. I mean, how? How? Did no, he dragged me to try my first acybal. Physically had to like convince me and drag me by the collar of my shirt for me to try a, a spoonful of an acybal. His his he had a, like a food truck or a stand or something. No, no, he he just, has just been hooked on to like the rest of the population. Okay, like, like I said, I uh, okay had okay. no interest in it at all whatsoever. And he's like, you gotta try it, you gotta try it, you gotta try it. And one day I tried it, and it was and? it was love at first sight. It was incredible. I was eating them three times a day for like three months straight. After that, <laughs> I was like, I got out of the water surfing, and the only thing my mind. On my mind was getting my acai bowl fix after I got out of the water. Coming from a bacon, egg, and cheese kind of guy. And I am a bacon, egg, and cheese kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. So you try it. You love it. You see it trending. Okay. Then you go work for six months? No. Then I uh, then I got my parents hooked on it. Okay. So the, ne the next smartest thing I did was uh, I had to do the same thing to my, my father. I had to like spoon feed his first bite of a bowl to uh -huh. him and the same thing happened and, and that's the beautiful thing of the bowl, man it's like it's the same reaction it's just like either it's mind blown or the same for me but it's more mind blowing uh -huh. than, than, than the latter so uh -huh. um i i got you know him to try it and yeah. i'm like this is this is a money maker man and um he, it clicked for him it clicked for for me um we decided that Let's see, I did, sorry, I skipped a step. We did the research and found out that nobody was really doing it in Charlotte. Okay. I was still up here at the time doing a, we'll get to it, but I was doing my liquor rep job at the okay. time. Okay, and, and did you, did y'all talk? Like, did you know, like, what was like? Well, he he was telling me, like, he, he my father and my brother were like, you know, we're, we're he's working in this acai business, and I was just, like, doing my regular day job and, and selling liquor to bars. And, and you were, and like, like, cool? Yeah, like, I was like, you know, that sounds like a cool idea. I mean, I, it's barbecue and fried food in North Carolina. He's a natural born no, salesman. There's natural no natural salesman. Nothing along the lines of healthy food at the time, you know, back okay. when we were considering yep. doing it. You yep. know, I think maybe Fern and, and The Bean were the two restaurants that were here that were serving vegan food at the time. Sure. And Cold Press was still riding the wave. Yeah, that's just that, that as well. Um, and it was just like, why not? Have, have you, you know? tried? Have you tried it yet or not yet? What's that? Have you tried an acai bowl or not yet? Oh, I'm like, you kidding me? I eat, oh, at that time? At that time? Like, oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I eat one every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, at that time, I had not tried one yet. No. Okay. I was so, still up here in so North you guys Carolina. were masterminding. Like, okay. I mean, this this Going is classic back. entrepreneur right there. <laughs> like, you eat it, and it's like, how can we make money with this? That's right? it. That's <laughs> it. You know, it was it was you know, forget the restaurant. Why don't we try this? You know, and and you know. So I introduced it to my father. Okay. He saw the light, same as I did as okay. a businessman. Mm -hmm. And um, we decided I was going to hop on Hector's truck. Um, Hector Westerbam, we'll give him a shout out as my okay. mentor. Okay. Uh, Acai Express, why not? Uh, he was killing the game in Puerto Rico, by far the, the leading company. And um, I hopped his truck. I learned everything uh, from cutting fruit to making the bowls um, to where it came from, the history of the, the product. And nice. I got to see with my own eyes, you know, what turning – Five to seven thousand dollars out of a seven by fourteen foot trailer, you know what that felt like. Dang! And I 
to this day, you know, dropping those numbers to do business and entrepreneurial people still blows my eyes. <laughs> For those are some good numbers, man. Fruit in a bowl, you know, seven thousand dollars in sales out of a fourteen foot trailer. That's nobody that's saw that coming. One to two employees. That's not five, ten, fifteen yeah, employees. Yeah. One to two employees doing that kind of work. That's just product cost with a with a little bit of overhead and slinging product. Yep. What so uh, what is the history of acai bowl? I, I don't I don't know. So acai is a a common Brazilian street food. Um, the okay. acai berry is very similar to a blueberry, large blueberry, a little darker, and it grows on a palm tree okay. in the the Brazilian Amazon specifically. Okay. Um, it's much higher in antioxidants, less sweeter than a blueberry, but um, the Brazilians swear by it. Um, the Brazilian people are, for the most part, actually a very healthy people. And um, the acai bowl was just like a street food, like a like a, a get up and go, because the acai has that that, that energizing factor to it. Interesting. They, they just swear by it. Um, so traditional Bra- Brazilian street food, they serve it in an unpasteurized format, and in some cases, warm instead of cold or frozen. Okay. So we we have come a long way from the original street food and its recipes. Nice. But that's that's where it got its start. So Brazil, I'm from Brazil via the surfing community, as far as I understand it, made its way to Hawaii and then pretty much blew up in Hawaii, as far as I understand, similar to the way it went in Puerto Rico, and then from Hawaii to California. And once trends hit California, especially healthy and healthy food trends, yeah, then it's just, it becomes national. So it, it made its way all the way to Puerto Rico once again through the surfing community. And that's, as I said before, you know, I'm a surfer, and that's how it got to me. Nice, nice. Okay, so... You're you're studying, you're working. Uh, John's up here doing his thing. Uh, when when did you guys meet up here in Charlotte? Like, well, how does it, how does it actually get down to like business brass tacks? See, I think I put in about four or five months on the the truck in Puerto Rico before okay. I decided I was going to move back up here. Um, I secured a job at BLT Steak at the Ritz. Okay, so I moved up here, moved in with my brother. And start got got to work on the business plan. So, and it's funny, about nine nine months later, the baby was born. The business plan was finished, and I was ready to execute. So, I did nine months at BLT, worked on my business plan. During that time, after hours, I would be in the kitchen, you know, with the permission of my 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 executive chef, you know, experimenting, you know, fruits portions, uh, the tools that we were gonna that I was gonna use to you know make the bowls, and I was just doing my homework in a professional grade kitchen. And I, I love to tell a story. You know, some of my peers were all Johnson Wales and were all, you know, cutthroat chef types. Yeah. They would see me playing with my diced fruit in a bowl. <laughs> and you know, I, I got less than like, okay, good luck with that. You know, th- those types of looks, you know, during the, that phase. And nine months later, I pulled the trigger. I ordered the trailer from a gentleman out in o- Ohio, uh-huh. fabricates them. Yeah. And I went and I drove, drove, drove to Ohio, picked it up, brought it back, and, uh, I think maybe a month later opened it. Let me let me let me just pause for a second because I think there's something that you said that we 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 kind of just laughed at, but just know that sometimes when you have a vision for something, people may not catch the same vision that you have and they'll laugh at it, right? And like more they're often like than not for sure. Right? I mean, you have and, more 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 doubt than support right all and, day and, every day. And it happens a lot of times even with family or people close to you and you know, listen, you you have a vision for a reason, and that's your vision. People want to see you do well, but not better than them. Oh, and that, that that's most most of the time. Yeah, so I, I, I just want to make sure our audience hears that because 
Um, I think that's good. I mean, that's, you know, because I feel like people take a little grief and then like they're like, oh, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't do this. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Like you might get some grief. You might get some some uh, resistance, you know. Arnold said it best. Ignore the naysayers. I love that. Straight up. Just t- tune it out, you know. Put the blinders on, nose to the grindstone, one foot in front of the other. Don't look back. Just fo- focus everything. the The first year, it was it was you know sixteen hour days minimum. When 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 did you guys get the truck? Like what like what uh, what month? What year was it? I I secured the trailer or trailer July twenty fifteen right. Yep, towards the en- end of summer fifteen. So I secured the trailer and, and basically had a little time to get, get out there and opened up and, and the word out. And then we went right into winter. And winter was brutal. That first winter, uh-huh. you know, we sell a cold product. There's there's no fighting that winter's going to affect sales. So what are some things that you guys... Now, you were still working your day, your day job, yep. John? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you were just kind of like tagging along, seeing what was going on? When I wasn't doing the, the liquor rep job, I was coming out and handing out flyers and just yelling at me, hey, come try these acai bowls. You know, just anything we could do to get, you know, spoon to mouth, you know, to get people to actually try the product. Because as soon as they try the product, it'd be maybe one out of 100 people is like, yeah, that's okay. You know, yeah. but 99 people would be like, that's Love the best it. thing in the world. And, you know, we'd have a line out the door after that. You know, it's just getting product to lips is the number mm. one thing that we were trying to do at the time. And it's like, not doing the liquor rep job, I was out trying to give out flyers and just, you know, get clients in and post and say as much things as we can to get the brand out there. So what are some things you guys learned the first year? Social media is everything, mm. specifically Instagram, reaching out to any of the local pages. Um, I, I, and I'm, I'm going to give them a shout out. Yeah. First and foremost, Charlotte Agenda. I think um, I, I credit them with, with with putting us on the map initially all nice. day, every day. Um. Every time I'd post, I, I'd tag the agenda. Um, several of their writers were, were good customers of mine. Nice. Became good friends of mine. Nice. And uh, we, we had a great relationship. You know, they, they promoted the, the, the heck out of us in the beginning, and that just brought people to the door. And from there, we, we served them a, a quality product, and we, we grew. But Charlotte Agenda, reaching out to, um, like, the Stuff to Do pages in Charlotte, um, foodie pages, food critics, um, reach out, DM them, invite them to come taste the product on, you know, for free, write a review, share their thoughts. All that is so crucial. In addition to your, you know, three, three to six posts a day, you know, um, make sure you're posting constantly hashtag the, the heck out of it. And um, again, just tr- try and network with as many people on social media as possible. You know, it's, uh, I remember, uh, um, I think I was watching a video. It was like a presentation that an entrepreneur is doing and, he said that the reason you don't have more business is because of obscurity. Like people just don't know that, that you're there. Yep. You got to use any method necessary to get your voice out there. This is who we are. This is what we do. Come try. Come try. I mean, like anything. So I love that because I think people are like our generation oh. spoiled with Instagram. I mean, our our, fa- our fathers, yeah. our, our our folks, they never had that that tool at their disposal. I mean, not even the internet at that point, much less True. Instagram. True. You know, it's simple. It's it's a free platform. It's free marketing to the masses. I and and I love that you were all in three to six posts DMing. I mean, I required it from my crew at one point. A.M. P. A.M. Midday P.M. Minimum. If you're gonna be on your phone, you be on my phone, my Instagram, posting pictures that you're making. You make a beautiful bowl, take a picture of it, post it. 
you got a you got a, a nice couple out front or a group of kids with beautiful bowls kindly ask them hey you guys want to get a picture on the instagram that was another thing putting pictures or sharing customer pictures to the to the page was like tenfold the, the impact was tenfold it's because then they want to share. They feel famous. They it's it's a it's a brief. I mean, it might sound silly, but you know, you're, you're being posted. You know, people want that fame. People want to be seen, and Instagram is everything. So, while posting three times a day was great, but what really really helped was taking pictures that people tagged us in, yeah. or or just taking pictures of our customers just standing out front enjoying their products. Mm. Weren't you at one point like you you started taking pictures of people and of the of them with their bowls and in front of the trailer it's our our bowls are very instagramable if yeah. you've seen one they're, yeah, yeah, they're very yeah. pretty and eye catching. 100%. Um and it just became a thing that we started getting high school kids coming to us and asking if we could if we would post their picture of their prom bowl. It would be I'm I'm not even kidding you. They would prom come to us proposals. and be like <laughs> come to us and be like Will you blah 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 come to come to, to prom, prom with me, me or go to prom with me? And then they would take a picture of the girl saying yes or, or the couple saying yes of going to prom. And it was like that became a huge thing. That was like that's how you know you're on to something. <laughs> it became really important, you know, that, to have all these kids. And it was like one high school was doing it, and then it was just like it, 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 it caught it, on, and it, and it caught on like fire. We literally had fifty people like we want prom bowls. It's like. Hold on, you know. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what is the prom bowl? Yeah, exactly. We're like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, you got to write it down the bowl for us. You know, I'm going to ask my significant other, my other person, you come with me. So. I love, and, and you know what? I think this is such good tactical information for other just entrepreneurs. Don't shy away from, I mean, listen, I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but this social media thing ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. Right? Like, you better start embracing it and create some presence, right? Well, yeah, but people might put negative stuff. It doesn't matter. Just do what you do. Put a good product out there, create good service, whether you're a restaurant, a dry cleaner, I don't care. I, I, it really does not matter. You can make, I mean, we try to make paper products cool. That's and any publicity toilet is paper. Good publicity. I mean, like, bro, like, yeah. cre you can create a personality with almost anything. You literally can. And so this is very good. And this is my opinion. What do you guys think about this? People should maybe think about this even in their business. Like, you know, hey, we have a restaurant. Well, we have this wall. I mean, have you guys seen where people like draw like wings or something cool on the wall? People take pictures yeah. of them. Like, Think about this kind of stuff. I mean, people want to take pictures. People want to do, they want to like, um, so I think this should actually be part of people's like thought process of marketing. Like, okay, how can we create a wall or something or, you know, um, so what are y'all's thoughts on that? Like just, you know, the, 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 the marketing mindset angle perspective that owners should think about when starting or attempting to, to, to think about a business. Branding is everything. I mean, mm. Like created the brand from the ground up. It uh, how did I come to? Should, should we cover how I named it, Ricos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it came down to something like Fitberry or Ricos. Okay. <laughs> Fitberry was like a yogurt shop, so nobody liked that. But Ricos, I, I had a propensity of naming all my menu planning and restaurant projects in Johnson and Wales Ricos. I just wanted to rep home. It was something catchy, something Puerto that Rico. people okay. that that didn't speak Spanish could you know roll off their tongue anyway and. Uh -huh. You know, Rico's. So came down to Fitberry or Rico's, and well, the rest is history. Nice, nice. I wanted to rep home, you know, all the way from the logo. The logo is um, the frog is what we call a koki. Koki is like our, our native animal. And um, it's all about repping home.
I love that. But uh, the logo started off as a tiny pencil sketch on a corner of a page full of already done logos. My graphic designer had given me a sheet of really nice done colored in logos, you know, ready to rock and, you know, like to, to, to pick which I, you know, which I liked and to continue developing. Uh -huh. But at somewhere along the way, she'd like scribbled or started a doodle on the corner of one of those pages. What the logo is now. I saw the berry hugging frog, you know, just scribbled on the side of the page and, I was like, I don't want any of these other pretty ones. <laughs> you were like, what's that there in the corner right there? <laughs> I want you to develop that one. I love that. And that's how the logo came to be. But um, we, we trademarked it in, uh, immediately. It's another crucial thing. Protect, protect your logo and protect your investment. It's a good point. But, um, it's a good point. Branding is huge. Um, there was a time where I was ready to just slap a Rico sticker on a white trailer and, and park it in open. But um, I'm so glad I didn't do that. You know, I, I took the time to, to, to develop the, the, the graphic and the artwork. And we wrapped the trailer really pretty, you know, the big green and purple colors. And, you know, for the, f the two weeks before I opened, I actually parked the trailer uptown on the side of the road. I asked the meter maid if they would ticket me if I paid the meter. And they're like, no, as long as you pay the meter, you could park the trailer here. So I had this thing up uptown as a giant billboard for about so two weeks prior to opening. And no kidding. A lot of the first customers are like, oh, I drove by this, you know, like for, for a week. What is it? Yeah, what do y'all do? Got them. Just like that. I love that. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons our, the very first truck that we have is a very small little Isuzu truck, and we wrapped it. Here's my mindset, Matt. It was, I'm 22 years old. I'm the sales piece of the business. My cousin, who's 18, is kind of like the warehouse kind of delivery, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm about to walk into this restaurant, they have to be able to look at us and treat us a little bit professional and not as a 22 and 18 year old. So I'm like, you know what? I mean, we literally saved up for a few months. And then I had the idea, what if I put people's logos, the manufacturers on here and I have them pay for it? There you go. So then I got Clorox and Dart and Solo and these companies to pay me. I said, awesome. I literally wrote up a contract, <laughs> contract, the word, the word document that I, you know, and it was That's something you're I'm, born with. You don't learn that. <laughs> you, you don't, you're not taught that, that, that kind of thing is something you're born with. I, and I literally said, I will be, I would be willing, I would be willing to put your logo on my truck for the next two years. If you pay me 300 bucks and I got you know, five, six people to give me 300 bucks and they pay for my first wrap and then bam, like, you know, and like now, awesome. now it's been, like we, we we just wrap everything now because it just it just shows you know what it's I mean crucial. like hundred percent Mar marketing and, and the visuals you know I wanted colors and, and a design that was gonna break necks everywhere I went bright green and purple <laughs> achieved that all day yeah. every day you know if you think about like McDonald's you know it's bright red and yellow you, every time you think of that you know it it makes you think Golden of the, the smell yep. of fries and and it's the same thing for any business that you're in the restaurant business you know it's like. We had a lot of people saying, like Matt was saying, he parked the trailer uptown. He's like, "What's Rico's? What is that?" You know, and it was like, yeah. "Oh, you know, it's it's we sell acai bowls." Like, well, what's an acai bowl? Yeah, it's like we had to, you know, get him to the door, get him to try it, and, and go down that path. But you wouldn't believe how many people was like, "Oh, you, like I, I'm." They'd ask me like, "What do you do for work?" It's like, "Oh, I work with Rico's. We own Rico's," um, and they'd be like, "Well, you know, what is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's the little bright green trailer we sell acai bowls." Like, oh, I I don't know what acai bowls are, but I've seen your trailer. There you go. And it was like, well. I know we're onto something if they rec recognize the colors, you know, there's like, I mean, I guess other businesses that are using green are like Starbucks. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's a big brand, right? You yep. know I mean, they're using bright green. Well, let's try it, you know. And like that. We came out to the 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 green and the purple, man. Take the time for the branding. Take the time for the branding. Don't, you know, there's you, 
like I said, I, I got impatient towards the end there. I just wanted to open it up, but I waited a little bit longer, took the steps, got the trailer wrapped. Nice. And it, was, it made all the Best difference thing. in the world. Mm. You know, spend, take the time to do it right. You know, buy spend ones, cry ones. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, so you guys have the trailer. You're hustling it. What are some things you learned the first year? Was it was it immediate takeoff? Did it take a little while? Did you struggle a little bit? Like, give us, like, the first, you know, 6, 12, 18 months with that first trailer. Eight, give it 18 months. Let's see. Um, first and foremost, it's lonely. It's very lonely starting a business. Um, initially, so we, we, we started at the end of summer, even with the hot months. I mean, I was still starting. So I, I had good support from my friends and family. They'd come out get bowls and, you know, share word of mouth. But um, that first winter was gnarly. You know, um, it's just me. I'm the only employee at that point. I haven't, you know, taken off enough to where I can hire anyone. Yeah. So it was, again, all, all day, every day. I wanted, I wanted to be open seven days a week and all day long. I wanted maximum potential out of it. And it was, it was just that, you know, I would be there, you know, tow it up, open it up, prep, open. And then I'd serve all the way about two or three o'clock and I'd literally put a sign in the window and a pillow on the floor and, and take a nap, tap the glass for service. You know, are right you serious right now? That's <laughs> serious. After four or five o'clock, you know, people would be done with the gym and then they come through for, for, for their dinner and post-workout meals. They tap the glass. I'm back up and I'm you know refreshed for the second half of the day. But that's I how it was. That, all, every waking moment on that trailer. Every waking moment on that trailer, I had delivery services bringing me my meals, but that's what it takes. I had no nightlife, no social life, no girlfriend life, not, none of that. It was 100% focused. Consumed. And, and, obsessed. And, it, and it's, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard not to want to go see your friends at the end of the night. Instead, go, go home, balance the register, and get ready for the next day, and then... Just try and move yourself forward. It, it takes a lot of discipline, of which I do not have naturally. Yeah. To to keep your nose to the grindstone. I, I love that so much, uh, Matt, because I think people see the 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 back end of like the flashy entrepreneur in your, you know, uh, in your name, in your Instagram. You know, they see you with the car and they're like, bro, like, you don't see how much work we have put into getting this thing off of the ground it's i easy. see everybody's like it's easy only it's see easy. people want to see the good not the bad or the easy not the hard yeah especially in today's day and our and you know generations everybody's yeah. looking for that easy money yeah which doesn't exist it man. doesn't exist and it, and and if somebody says it does run they're lying <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. they're lying turn and Straight run up. the opposite direction <laughs> No man, I I I mean I love that. So the pillow thing. I mean, come on. Like I, I say pillow, but what I mean is a bag of rags. Hundred <laughs> percent, a little universe, a little sack of aprons and yeah, rags. Just like that, you know. I'd I'd, cry, I'd I'd get about an hour. Uh, there was an hour low for for rush hour. People were getting home and, and headed to the gym. And it was like clockwork. I love. It was that. like. Three o'clock nap time, get back up around four, and, and we're going to start serving people again. Let's go. Into the evening. I love that. But um, that was very important, being, being there all day long, seven days yeah. a week, especially as a food truck. You know, cool. people as a food truck assume that you're going to move around all over the place. Yeah. But once I got that point across that I was there like a storefront, yep. seven days a week, all That's day it. long, and, and it was first thing in the morning all the way to the, to the end of the day and in the evening. Yeah. 
Um, I was across the street from the Duke Energy Center, and you got guys there that worked around the clock on the trading floor. So mm. once it, they figured out that I was the only thing open past 5 o'clock, it was it was easy. Game over. Yeah, it was game over. I mean, the, the, the guys at Wells got like a $20 allowance, and they, they would all come down, order bowls, call them ahead if I knew them. I had great personal relationships with so many of my customers, from the, the office guys all the way to checkers players, the honeybees, the panthers. Everybody. Everybody came through. And um, that's another thing I'm going to drive home while we're on that subject. Um, ownership and showing face. you got to be there. Um, it's, it's tough, especially as you grow the business, to be there every day. But it's crucial. Year one, year two, seven days a week, show your face to your customers, interact with them, get to know them. It, it goes a long way. I love that. I love that. John, your thoughts on any of that? That's very true. You know, I mean, if you don't, if you don't, like, let's say you can get given a million dollars, you have a million dollars, you go start your own brand. Yeah. You, you put other people in charge of it. You have them run it for you. It's not going to be your vision at the end of the day. It's going to be what they, their perception is of your vision. So if you're not involved in it, you're not involved in it. You know, you got to put the hard work in. There's no way around it. You're not going to make a million dollars here. It's just not going to happen. You got to put the time and the effort in to be able to get the carrot at the end of the runway. It's just the way it is. I love that. So when did you guys open up a number two spot? Or was it a trailer? Was it a storefront? Was it a standalone? Well, how well, did he- num- number two actually doubles as a story of how JJ came into it. Um, so I, I'd started with one trailer. Okay. And um, I had been reached, let's see, the 7th Street Public Market was only a year or two, too old at this point. Okay. And they, they had marketed the heck out of it in Johnson & Wales. The reps came through and talked about what they were going to do with the 7th Street Market, how it was going to be great for um, incubating small businesses, especially for us types, you know, getting ready to graduate you know, school. And the, the, the prospect of opening up a brick and mortar was non-existent, yep. you know, with 60 grand in school debt. Yep. So um, it was already on my mind. They reached out once Rico's the, the trailer started to take off. So I... Well, when is that? They, they reached out what? 2016. So about so, a, a year and, you know... Some change? Yeah, sp- spring of the second year in business, or our first spring in business. Okay. So we end of summer, and it was dead until spring came back around again with the winter. And um, spring boomed, and um, I got on people's radars. So 7th Street reached out, and we, we started to talk. I, I wanted to um, do, like, a standalone setup in there, make it real nice, just like a grab-and-go, as small as humanly possible yeah. setup. So... Got, got started with that, got all the way down to the equipment and design and everything, and then Rico, the, the, let's say the flagship location blew up even harder, and I, I did not, I didn't have the time or, or the wherewithal to handle a second location. So uh, that's where I came in, and, and still at the time I was doing the, the liquor rep job. Um, I was working for Republic National at the time, Um and and I was just like, yo, it's this, this business is taking off. You know, mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta We're having do all a the fun without him. You know, and I'm like, I'm doing, I'm working for somebody else, and I'm yeah. like, okay, when do I stop working for somebody else and start working for myself? You know, I'm looking at my brother killing it, and I'm like, you know, that's a good question, though. Right? Nobody yeah. would have seen that. Everyone, I promise you, you ask anyone that knows us, who would have been, you know, first to open up their business? It yep. would have been John all day long. Yeah, nobody saw. It. I mean, I'd always worked for other people. I never had a problem with it. Yeah, it was easier. I, I preferred it. I, I take orders well. Yeah, it's things out of the norm like that that actually make your brand come out. You know, it's like don't put stipulations on you do this, you do this. It's like you see something, identify it. You know, problem solve. Mm. You know, make it, figure it out. 
So how was the launch of uh, 7th Street? So basically, he was he, he was basically tied up with his trailer, and, and 7th Street rolled around at the time, offering us the position. And, and I was like, well, you know what? I can balance both. I'll do my liquor rep job, and I'll, I'll open my 7th Street market location. Yep. Um, thank God at the time, I did have a girlfriend um who who basically she's she's the life of my side of the brand you know when i'm still doing my liquor rep job but um prior to 7th street she had worked um on matt's trailer right when it was getting busy and getting crazy she left her job she was doing uh, what was that called a uh, cryo sauna she was cryo sauna okay. different people things like that and we're like we need help we need employees we need people that we can trust and yeah. she was like well you know what forget this i'll come work for you and we'll see what, how it goes and nice started working for matt and worked for matt for i think about four months or something like that and and then i got that we got the idea for seventh street and she basically took the lead and you know we got we got everything outfitted for seventh street i think two were operating out of 250 square feet at seven 275 no you're like 130 there it's like let's say two hundred. We're on yeah. two hundred square feet, and it's just like you know that's that's smaller than our trailers. You yeah, know? and and it it took off as well. You know, Seventh Street started doing well, and and Maureen was was handling it and had the same response that we did for 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 Matt's trailer. You know, it it took a little bit. You know, three four months, and just got people knowing about our brand. You know, and and I love that. It, the the third store was a uh, Plaza Midwood, Tampa. Can't forget about Tampa. Tampa, that's right. So I'd order I you know, after Seventh Street, I ordered yet another trailer. Uh-huh. You know, um wanted to make make sure any any excess funds I had made in year one went immediately back into the business. So that was Good just point. ordering trailers. So I ordered my <laughs> second trailer and mm-hmm. second trailer got finished and once again I you know found myself, you know, overwhelmed with the one location I had already. So I now had a brand new trailer ready to rock and roll and and know wherewithal to deal with it. And at this point, John and Maureen were already had their hands full with 7th Street. Yeah. So now what? So I had a cousin down in Tampa, Florida, who was also looking for something to do with herself after school. Nice. So I had her come up here. She worked with me, worked and lived with me for about six months. Uh-huh. And then um, hooked up the trailer to her Jeep, and she drove it down to Tampa, Florida, and opened. Hey. And they're still open. So that's I love number that. three. Prima hooked it up, huh? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Family, you know. <laughs> Family of business people. How many how many locations you guys got now? So right now we're we have a Plaza Midwood, Seventh Street Public Market. Um, we have our Robinson Farms, which is out in Valentine. Uh, okay. Matt just got a Belmont open, and um, unfortunately, we had to close the South Park Mall and the Uptown Trailer during COVID. Yeah. Uptown isn't permanent. South Park is permanent. Gotcha. It's permanent, but it's permanent. We're going to replace them somewhere else. Eventually, yes. Yeah. Yes. We, we will go back into the South Park market, same as Uptown, just when the people come back. So you have four or five locations? So we far. had. We topped out at five. Nice. Six, including Tampa. Nice. That's awesome. And I had to close a few. Let's do this. Uh, uh, as we wrap up, Let's let's. what are some pieces of advice that you'd love to give to people that are listening to this for the very first time where – you know, maybe they're in a secure job, you know, but they've always had kind of this itch to do their own thing, you know, or maybe something that's young that maybe kind of their parents or their family, um, you know, uh, they, they've seen them own successful businesses, maybe even talk about maybe having a, a family business because like that, that sometimes can't be easy either, right? I mean, kind of dealing with family. We're, we're blessed, you know, our, our immediate family's always been tight. My brother and I have always been part of the business, um, Call it an indoctrination from birth, man. We, we, we were just 
I love born that. into business. Again, I didn't see myself doing business. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to be a soldier forever, but that's another story. But um, business podcast man, number two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but business is what it ended up being. But um, nice. if I were to tell anyone something, and this is even to this day is um hard for me, is stepping outside of that comfort zone. You know, taking that leap. You know, jumping whatever you want to call it, the risk. But um, scared money doesn't make money. It's true. So you got to get out of the comfort zone and go do stuff. You know, put put your social life on on hold. Think about the future. Um, if your friends and fan, if your friends aren't doing anything with themselves and they're staying stagnant, get away from them. You gotta, you gotta. It's it's at least take a break from it. Mm. Get get away from it. Do what you want to do. You know, follow your goal and see if you can get it started. If you get, if you want to get into the restaurant business, I would suggest starting out of a truck. You know, I mean, it, it comes with its own things like you know you have to operate the generator, maintain it, and those things basically add up to the cost of having a fixed location. The main difference is you're not signed into a five, six, seven year lease. Yeah, that that's the biggest killer of yeah. businesses, What's especially the expression? when um, aim small, miss small. Mm. You know, don't bite off more than you can chew. The same yep. goes for growth. Mm -hmm. um, we. In the beginning, I had, I, I don't know how, I had two, three people a day come up to me to ask me about investing and growing in the business. You know, I have all this money. I want to do something with it all day, every day. Again, all the way from business people to, to the, the local sports teams, you know, talking about investing in this business. And one of the hardest things to do is say, I'm, I'm taking it easy. Yeah. I want to go slow. I want yeah. to do it right. Make sure we take the time to develop the brand and the business so when the time comes to really, truly grow it, it, it counts. It doesn't fizzle out. We don't bite off more than we can chew. Love that. I see so many so many businesses. They have great starts, you know, one location. Then, you know, they'll either take on a partner or, or, or an investor and try to go from one to five and expect it to succeed without having dialed in the first one to begin with. It's true. Don't skip steps. I love that. I love that. Uh, this was amazing. <laughs> Honest to goodness, this was, I mean, there was so much sound advice that you guys, I mean, even, this is why I love, I love telling stories. Like, this is why I love this, because um, anybody, and I'm not even blowing smoke, anybody that listens to this podcast right now is going to take so much from it, it's unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. So, uh, shout out to you guys. Matt, John, thanks for joining us at thanks the Paper Trails us. podcast. Thanks for having us, Nick. Follow these guys on all their platforms, right? Rico Asai, if you guys are in the Charlotte-esque and suburbs area, come visit them. Find their their uh, their spots. They're everywhere on uh, online. Go to, go to their Instagram. Check them out. Um, and even if you're a little further than Charlotte, come visit these guys. I've had one. I had one at uh, the Central Avenue store maybe like – Six months ago, nine months ago, uh, I forget which one it was. I think I had chocolate and peanut butter on it, but it was. Butter it, bro. I I, I want to say that's it. I want to say I asked maybe like the the person. I was like, I'm like, it's my first time. What do you think? And they suggested it. It was first off, it was so much. I couldn't even like. I think I ate like half of it, and then I mean, first off, the bowls that they're in are unbelievable. I mean, the quality of the plastic bowls. Shout out to APS. But, um, <laughs> Good stuff, man. But anyway, nah, appreciate you guys. Um, it's fantastic. Obviously, doing business with you guys. Appreciate it so much, you know, from my family to yours. Thank and you, um, wish you guys nothing but uh, success in, in, in everything you guys touch. Same to you. And so you know? thank you guys so much. Good checking us out. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Do what you got to do. Let's blow this, this episode up. But uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your day.